0: Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dotson, pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Matthew chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. The religious powers had lost their way. No one planned for it to happen. It was not that they woke up one morning and decided to simply reject orthodoxy and go out and blaze a new religious trail. No doubt it was far more subtle and slow. One would imagine that they even started out loving God and fully intending to do the right thing. But somewhere they forgot what was important, what they were supposed to be doing and who the enemy was. And gradually the unthinkable became a reality. And at some point, they literally began working for the other side. One of the two things are responsible for such heart situations. A person either drifts into liberal theology, which then inevitably leads to moral relativity, and then ultimately spiritual apostasy, or we go the other direction and legalism takes over Uh, our hearts and minds and soon we are the standard by which all others are to be measured now in chapter 15 we begin with the case of, of the latter situation and such is fitting no doubt for in the end the legalist is far more insidious you see at least with the apostate there's a very real chance that he or she will come to realize the reality of their state and come home I mean, after all, the prodigal son knew he was not where he belonged and he eventually went home again. But how can one return home if he thinks he's already where he belongs? The issues presented in chapter 15 represent the ongoing battle between internal and external religion. These are in reality the two religions of the world today. And it's a battle that continues. Notice that these two groups, the scribes and the Pharisees, they were in cahoots on this matter. Now, I mention that because normally these two parties were notoriously at odds with each other. But because of the high value of what was on the table, these two groups proved the old adage: the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So as we begin with verse one, we read, Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem, saying, Why do your disciples disobey the traditions of the elders? For they don't wash their hands when they eat bread. Now, wouldn't it be great if we could believe that these Pharisees actually desired to know the truth on this matter? But it doesn't take long, even with a cursory reading of the Gospels, To understand that such a longing was rare, to say the least. As we move through the Gospels, one quickly comes to recognize the consistent deceit when it comes to the Pharisees' interaction with Jesus. Now the hand washing that is being spoken of here is not that of cleanliness before dinner. This washing is ceremonially washing. And it was not so much an explicit direction from God as merely the traditions of men. You see, this is where legalism leads. Ultimately, it was exactly for that reason that they demanded that Jesus be crucified, legalism. The end of legalism in Jesus's case was literally murder. Now these boys wanted to know why, not what, but why. You see, they weren't seeking the truth. In their minds, they already had the truth. They wanted to know why Jesus and his followers failed to follow their truth. For they presupposed that the way they lived and what they believed, well, that was the truth. Verse three says, he answered them, why do you always disobey the commandment of God because of your tradition? Now, it appears no answer was imminently forthcoming. Jesus, in his classic style, asks them a question instead, the same question that needs to be asked of all Pharisees that walk the earth even today. It's a simple concept that goes like this, why are you supplanting the commands of God with your extra-biblical ideas? Ah, touche see, one might wonder why the sharp reply from Jesus, meek and mild here. Well, for one reason, these guys, they knew better. They had indeed been taught the correct and righteous path, but they had turned from that truth to feed their flesh. Oh, oh yes, certainly a flesh that is cloaked in religiosity. They looked good, but ultimately the flesh just the same. And secondly, their actions had the very real effect of denying people access to God. You see, they corporately and politically declared people unclean. So they stood in the middle between God and man, keeping man away from God. Today's Pharisees have been declaring people unclean for a long time, pointing their fingers an accusing way saying they're not fit to be in God's presence not fit to be part of our club verse 4 says for God commanded honor your father and your mother and he who speaks evil of father and mother let him be put to death but you say whatever may tell his or whoever may tell his father or his mother Whatever help you might otherwise have gotten from me is a gift devoted to God. He shall not honor his father or mother. You've made the commandment of God void because of your tradition. You see now, Jesus wasn't just standing on personal position and opinion. He immediately cites scripture, giving these Pharisees a biblical example. Jesus cites scripture that clearly directs us to honor our fathers and our mothers. Now please note that when we reach adulthood, chronologically speaking, we are no longer in our parents' household. And we're therefore not any longer under their authority, again, in that classic sense. We don't no longer have to uh, obey our father and our mother. But we are called to honor them. See, the principle behind this passage was that children should do their best to take care of their parents as they age. But even then, people had found a way around this directive. What they came up with was a tricky way to give to the temple whatever finances and material care that should have been used for the care of their parents. Now, this scheme uh, was such that the contribution that they would be giving to the temple was conveniently reserved until after the giver was dead. Well, of course, by then the parents were usually long gone. You hypocrites! Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Strong language, but appropriate and certainly well deserved, just the same. Jesus here clarifies not only his position, but effectively the root of their uh, position and their issue. Jesus quotes Isaiah 29:13 and proves once again that without his salvation, mankind never changes. We must forever acknowledge here that. There is a vast difference between a verbal confession and a life confession. Matthew 7, 22 and 23 says, Many will tell me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? In your name cast out demons? And in your name didn't we do mighty works? And I'll tell them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work iniquity. You see, you cannot miss the fact that declaring one's belief and allegiance is not sufficient. The scriptures tell us this over and over. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Examine your own selves, whether you are in the faith. Test your own selves. Or don't you know about your own selves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you are disqualified? And then 2 Corinthians 8.8 8 says, I speak not by way of commandment, but as proving through the earnestness of others the sincerity also of your love. love. Proving through the earnestness of others the sincerity also of your love. James 2.1, or excuse me, 2.18 says, yes, a man will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim and JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.